Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? My name is Grant Baldwin. It is good to have you here with us today. We've got a great show for you today. Uh, this was one that was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed this one, talking with brothers Greg and George Vlasic. These guys are both insane artists, and uh, we're going to link up to a bunch of different pictures and, and some of their work in the show notes. So I'm definitely going to encourage you to stop by and check that out, not before you listen to the interview. Make sure you listen to the interview first, but George is a ridiculously good Etch-A-Sketch artist. You remember that toy like you used to doodle with? It's basically one continuous line. This guy makes insane drawings. And so not to be outdone, his brother Greg does these amazing lifelike drawings and sketches. This, I, I don't know, it's just just incredible like how lifelike these pictures look. They basically look like they were a photograph. And so he does a lot with uh, athletes and celebrities. Uh, both of these guys are just, they have crazy stories about how they got into it, how they realized and recognized some of their art skills early on, how they took those skills and turned them into a business and into a career. So really good stuff. Uh, we're looking forward to this episode, looking forward to this interview, excited to get into it. Make sure you you listen to the uh, bonus material, really good stuff that I'd encourage you to check out. He uh, Both these guys share an insane story about how how they got connected with Will Smith and got to do some artwork for him. So you're going to you're gonna want to stick around in the bonus to, uh, to hear that. You can download that at grantbaldwin.com and check that out or go to the show notes page from the link within your phone or listening app wherever you may be. Hey, one final thing I want to let you know is we have an upcoming episode. We're going to be doing some Q&A from listeners, from people just like you. So what are you wrestling with? What are you chewing on? What do you need some help with or would like some feedback on? Uh, I get a lot of emails every day from people that they're looking for some feedback about their career and passion and starting a business and all that. And so we want to take a couple episodes perhaps and uh, answer some of those questions that you've got. So I would encourage you to stop by grantbaldwin.com slash ask. Again, that's grantbaldwin.com slash ask. ASK. And there you can leave a recorded message for us. Just short and sweet, to the point. Don't ramble on for five minutes. We can't use that. But just some quick quick question of, hey, here's some quick context. Grant, here's my question. We'll love your feedback. We would love to feature you on an upcoming episode of the show and answer your question. Because uh, my guess is, if you got the question, then there's going to be other people within the thousands and thousands of listeners that listen to this show every single week that would uh, love to hear some uh, feedback on that as well. So again, you can go to grantbaldwin.com slash ask. Leave us a question there, and we will try to uh, get that in a future show. All right. All right. Let's get into this interview with Greg and George Vlasic, these insanely good artist brothers. Really good story. So let's get into it right now. Here you go. Enjoy. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by brothers George and Greg Vlasic, who are uh, Etch-A-Sketch artists and sports athletic artists. These guys are just (laughs) cool studs. And uh, so we're going to get into their story journey, how they got into what they're up to. So guys, what's up? Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Good to be with us. Good to uh, to have you guys with us. So uh, I kind of just fumbled there of, of whatever it is that you guys do. So I know you do the etch a sketch stuff. You do the these like it's difficult to describe in audio. We're going to link up to a lot of this stuff. So we're, I'm going to encourage people to stop by the site and check it out. Uh, but you do these like ridiculously lifelike drawings, especially in the the sports and athletic world. So uh, like, how would you describe what it is that you guys do? I think a little bit of everything. I think we, from, you know, the entire process, we kind of build ourselves as a creative boutique. You know, we are graphic designers, but we also are, you know, 
painters and drawers and, you know, just, uh, your, you know, your normal artists as well. So I guess a little bit of everything, <laughs> but you know, the, the drawings are pretty lifelike and stuff. Uh, well, yeah, the, I mean, the stuff we do now is more, you know, a lot of, a lot of it's on the computer. So we do a lot of design work and stuff like that. But we, for me, I always enjoyed that tactile being able to get in there and draw and, and use a pencil and, and for me, the etch a sketch and just kind of have that kind of touch, you know, personal touch with it, the artwork. Yeah, we're going to be talking about some about that etch a sketch stuff, and again, we'll link up to a lot of this in the uh, the show notes here. But these, just the drawings, the etch a sketches, what you guys do is just insanely, ridiculously lifelike. So really cool stuff. So, do you guys do a lot, just primarily focused on in the athletic world and and athletes and celebrities in that world, or are you doing more just just creative work in general for companies and organizations, or how are you guys kind of set up? I mean, I think we do a lot for you know organizations and stuff too. As far as with the artwork, um, it was always something that we. Since we were little, we were raised, my dad was, you know, an, an artist and stuff. And we were raised in sports and art. And I, it's all we basically knew and, and, and what we did. And it was something that was always enjoyable to draw your favorite athlete. And, you know, the playoffs would be on. So I'd draw, be drawing Kobe Bryant. And I'd be, you know, so it was always something that, you know, we treated it as something we enjoyed doing. And I think that's, you know, it it makes you spend more time on it, you know, when it's something that you're kind of passionate about. So I think that's why most of the, the, the artwork is sports oriented, you know, because of, you know, that, that love for, you know, sports and, and growing up playing it and that type of thing. Are you doing a lot of just like one-off pieces that then you're just turning on selling or are you doing like more commissioned pieces or how are the pieces kind of coming to be? Yeah, I think both. I mean, we do stuff that we enjoy doing. So, you know, and that's not always like the commission pieces and the stuff that'll sell, but we do stuff that like we want to do. But then we have a mix of, you know, doing the stuff where people commission us to do, you know, different players or, you know, different pieces. And, you know, maybe it's, you know, uh, I, with the Etch-A-Sketch stuff, I get commissioned to do, you know, family portraits and different family things and stuff like that, too. So it's just a, it's a good mix of of stuff. Yeah, sometimes we'll take a stab and go, eh, who who would be a good person to to do and see kind of where it goes from there, you know, oh, the playoffs are on or the World Series is coming up or this, you know, type of thing. So I think it's a little bit of both. I know with George being on Oprah, he's been commissioned to do a lot of pieces through the Etch-A-Sketch all around the world. So I'm sure those aren't the most exciting ones for him to do a a family (laughs) portrait, but uh, so it's it's a little bit of both. Yeah, for sure. So you said you mentioned that you're, you kind of grew up in an artistic family. What kind of art did your dad do? He was in advertising and, you know, just the artist as well. So, I mean, you know, George was five years older than, than I was. So it was a lot of, you know, I, I was growing up watching them and learning and, you know, I was two and, and, and drawing and trying to get mine to look like his. And obviously it didn't at that time. So it's, it's that little bit of like, it still doesn't though. So. Yeah. <laughs> so a little bit of that, like, oh, discouraging, like, oh, it doesn't look as good, that type of thing. But, you know, it's, yeah, he, our whole family, you know, besides my mom, my mom well, can't draw a stick figure. But we were, you know. I mean, we were blessed and fortunate to have a good family foundation as far as, you know, my dad recognized that talent at an early age and he helped kind of grow it and nurture it and build it. And, you know, for me, I mean, my dad, you know, he, he taught us everything we know as far as, you know, from a design standpoint. And I, you know, going to art school and learning graphic design, I, it was like, this was all old stuff for me. I mean, I had been doing this since I was 10 years old and I had that foundation where, you know, and, and then with the Etch-A-Sketch stuff, you know, I probably would have stopped doing stuff where, you know, it was, you know, California Raisins and, you know, Batman and Spider-Man and comic book stuff. And my dad, you know, continued to 
encourage that and see what, you know, kind of push it in the right direction. So, you know, we're fortunate from that standpoint. Like at what point did you guys realize that you were actually like pretty good at this? Because it's one thing like when you're drawing some stuff as a kid, I've got three little girls myself. And uh, so they're doing some little things that you're like, oh, you know, that's cute. And I guess it could (laughs) turn into something. But like, like at what point did you realize like, no, like we're legit. Like we're really, we're really pretty good at this. And I think we could actually make a run at this. My parents have a picture of, I, I did a picture of like, I painted a picture of Jesus when I was four years old and it still hangs in their house today. So, I mean... It was my dad recognized it really early and, and, you know, growing up, I mean, we were always the artists in school. I was always the one the teachers went to, the, you know, they needed a picture drawn or the, you know, the kids would come to and stuff like that. So I was always, I, I remember like the AAA poster contest that we would have entering through school and like I won third in the nation and first in the nation. I mean, so it was like, well, it was like third and fifth, fourth, fifth grade. Well, we could, we would do the color for kids or whatever and you, you know, at the grocery store and you enter it to win you know, a stuffed animal or Easter, but, you know, and we wouldn't win, we wouldn't win. And we couldn't figure out why when ours were looking better. So finally my parents entered us in the, you know, the older, age the groups. older age groups a couple of years ahead and we would win those. So we're like, okay, they didn't believe we were doing them. We know when we were younger. You guys are like the neighborhood ringers for art. <laughs> to just coming into oh. all these comp. I just envision you guys like entering all these random competitions and just hustling everybody out. <laughs> well, with the Etch-a-Sketch stuff, it's funny because I mean, that's really how I, I mean, from, they, they, I would, they would have contests. And so I would kind of send my artwork in there. And again, it was simpler things back then, but it seemed like I would always win. And finally they sent someone out to the house to really make sure I was actually doing the etch sketches They wanted to watch me do it. And then, um, from that point on really, you know, they started sending me the etch sketches and told me how I can make them permanent. And so they'd last forever. And, you know, so that they, uh, you know, even, even at that early age, they, they didn't believe it until they saw it. How did you, George? I'll talk about the uh, Etch-a-Sketch part. How did you start to get figure out the Etch-a-Sketch stuff? Because I, you know, we all had them as a kid, and, sure. and in fact, it's funny. Part of what what uh, what drew me to you guys was my uncle is an amazing artist, and so I remember giving him an Etch-a-Sketch. I still have a picture of it, and he drew this amazing picture. Like he never played with it, but he just kind of figured right. it out, and he made this amazing like landscape picture. And then I kind of drew like one vertical line all the way through <laughs> it, just to kind of like butcher it. So uh, not intentionally. I was just like. I was, I was just kind of fiddling with it. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, you can't undo it. So uh, for him, I guess he just kind of picked it up. But at an early age, did you just start kind of like playing with it and starting to get a hang of it? Because it's, yeah. like, it's not like you can go get like an online course to teach you about Etch-A-Sketch or some like local art class to teach you about like how to do this insanely well. So wh- like where did that kind of come from? Well, I mean, we were going to Washington, D.C. on a family vacation and we stopped over my grandparents' house to, to say goodbye. And my mom went down the basement and pulled out her old etch sketch from when she was a little girl and threw it in the back seat. And I just started playing around with it. I looked off of like a, a brochure from, you know, the, that was with the Capitol or whatever. And I did the U.S. Capitol building and showed my you know parents when we were done and they couldn't believe it. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So my dad, we pulled over, I remember pulling over to a gas station to take a picture of it and he had it on the, you know, the windshield and he had it propped up and, <laughs> you know, taking the picture of it. And, you know, it from, you know, it was kind of from that point on, it was just like a, I never really played with one before. And it was kind of a new kind of canvas for me to work on and just a new way to kind of express the creative, you know, talents, I guess you could say. 
But like, it's one thing to do that when you're a kid, whether it's such a sketch or art or something and have your parents, you know, pat you on the head and say, that's adorable. But like, did you always see like, this is a realistic career path? I mean, I, especially I think something like, like etch a sketch or drawing athletes, like it's one of those things, like it's a cool hobby, but like, how do you actually, like, how would you actually ever make a living from that? Did you ever see like, there's a path to actually do this? Or is it always just kind of like, this is something I'm good at and it'll be fun to dabble with on, at nights and weekends, but it's nothing I can really like make a living from. Both of you guys I mean, kind of thinking. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was always just a fun hobby and I enjoyed doing it and it was just kind of seeing what I could come up with and see how good I could get. And, and then just kind of building from there. And, and, and my dad always, I think, saw that potential of kind of like, Hey, you know, stick with this. This is going to open a lot of doors for you, you know, moving forward. And, you know, I, I remember doing like, you know, a lot of the athletes and the first athlete I did was like Cal Ripken and he, he's, he ended up autographing it for me and brought me on the field and was thanking me for doing this etch a sketch. Gave him a game used bat and stuff. So that was I, I remember mean, being as yeah, it was sports lovers. We were I mean that was a, such a thrill, you know. Okay. And so like I mean we're like whoa if you know Cal Ripken and I remember Lawrence Taylor came into Cleveland to scrimmage the Browns or whatever the the Giants and he autographed one and I'm like oh my gosh this is crazy. So you know if, if those guys autographed them why not others? And so I just kept doing more of the athletes and they would you know at the old stadium in Cleveland you know there wasn't a whole lot of fans and it was easy to kind of get down there and be able to at least kind of draw the players over to you and and they would come over and then they just started realizing you know kind of who I was and it was cool to see the transformation from like here's a kid with a a little toy and a you know his hobby and then it started to turn more into artwork and kind of like oh what do you got you know and people were just becoming more impressed with it and the better I got so it was just always a challenge for me I just always wanted to see what I could do and how good I can make them and I didn't really ever look at it as like, okay, I'm going to make a living doing this or I'm going to, you know, like I really want to make money off of this. I mean, I always, you know, I, I was doing it because I enjoyed doing it and I loved meeting the players and it was cool for me and they liked it and um, they looked at it as something that no one else could do, which, you know, no one really can. And, you know, they looked at it as something that was unique. So, you know, it, and then it just kind of, you know, kept progressing from there and you know i well I would, even up until recently it was like the challenge of like okay how do you take this out from a toy to a piece of art and i think you know as they got better and better the, the line work in itself is art and i think that's why now you know a lot with the etch-a-sketch and the artwork george is taking it out of the etch-a-sketch frame you know we did something with the cleveland the casino where it's done on the etch-a-sketch but then the line work is then taken from that paints put behind it and it's artwork on its own that's blown up 30 40 feet you know on this this mural so we have you know murals around the city now that are done on the etch-a-sketch but they are art in itself without even you know there's no frame around it but yet the etch-a-sketch kind of it has that story and that uniqueness so i think there was always that kind of fine line between you know taking it from a toy to artwork and you know the detail in the artwork you know stands alone now and i think i mean for me like i think i always kind of believed in it i always just enjoyed doing it. So I always felt like, you know, something will come from this and, you know, it definitely has, but like, I mean, I remember, you know, like I was on a show one time and like the guy was like, Oh, this is an artwork or, Oh, you'll never make money doing this. And, you know, I like those type of things, like I always kind of use to like motivate myself and push it and see what, you know, see what I could actually do and, and what I could achieve actually, you know? Right, right, right. And it sounds like early on, some of your best marketing efforts was because the Indians were uh, mediocre at best, so you could get really close to the field. Exactly. 
So, yep. I mean, is that how old were you guys when you were going to games and you were like flashing your artwork just to like get noticed? I mean, we'd go to probably 30 games a year growing up uh, just as little kids. And, you know, we became friends with Sandy Alomar and he was one guy yeah. that was kind of instrumental as far as just kind of pushing it along to him, being able to introduce us to different players. And we'd go on vacations and we'd go to, you know, we'd pick a city based on who the Indians were playing and stuff like that and get a chance to, to you know, go to, you know, different stadiums and stuff like that and meet new guys. So, I mean, we were always, I mean, I remember going to the stadium, like if we couldn't get the players' attention, like it would be a sunny day. And we, I heard this is, oh, yeah. Was, uh, like I would take the etch sketch and like reflect the sun off of it. <laughs> it's glass. So literally the player would be like blinded looking over and then you draw their attention. And I, I'll, to this day, I can picture that happening a yeah, couple of yeah, times yeah. when we do it. And so, then, yeah. you know, they were forced to come over because, you know, they, you know, they saw it and, you know, it was, <laughs> we just got to start bringing a mirror with us from now on. We got to figure out if they need to call security on you. So as kids, are you doing this as like college kids or wh- where, what kind of stage of life are you at at this point? I mean, this was, this the was, old stadium was in the early nineties. So we were, I mean, I was probably seven, eight, you were probably 12, 13, you know, yeah. doing it. So he originally started when he was 10. So it was, you know, four or five years after that, we were, you know, still at the old stadium doing it. So, so even like beyond high school, beyond college, they always just kind of feel like, yeah, this is our thing. Like, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to, you know, we're going to do art and figure out how to make a living from it. It's funny because going, you know, in, in high school and stuff, I would draw the athletes and the teachers always kind of hated it. No, don't be drawing this guy. And the, but I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, draw a landscape or draw something, you know, it was something that I enjoyed drawing athletes or watching the game and, and picking a guy to draw and that type of thing. So you know, and I know with George, he went to art school, graduated, majored in graphic design and stuff. I went to art school for one year in college. And then I ended up, it was, you know, it was too much art for me. So I ended up uh, going to Cleveland State, transferring there, played basketball and still majored in graphic design. So it was kind of that good in between of, you know, sports and art for me. George was a little bit more into art like, you know, throughout. So I think he could handle it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I mean, in general though, I think art was always something, I mean, I knew, I, I knew from a very early age, it was, I was going to do something in art, whether it be, you know, paintings or design or the etch sketch it was just always, and they always, I, for me, it just always worked hand in hand. They were always kind of connected. So it didn't matter what I was doing as long as it was something creative and something artistic. And, you know, we've been able to kind of do all of those things, which is great now, you know, and, you know, when I graduated from college, I, you know, like I majored in graphic design. So I got a job at an ad agency and I, you know, so I I was doing some more stuff and design work on the computer and doing advertising and, you know, but at the same time, I just felt like I was kind of wasting my talents and wasting away. And so I knew like, this is like, okay, let's see what I can learn from this. But the ultimate goal was to be able to do it on my own and be able to, you know, do the artwork and do, you know, we started, we got into t-shirts and started doing that and enjoyed that. And, you know, I just felt like there was always a lot more that I could be doing. And, you know, even though it was creative, it just wasn't the type of work that, you know, that was driving me. Well, and I think there's a lot of people that listen to the show that are in the same spot of going, I'm doing some type of job, I'm utilizing my skills, and my job is okay at best. Right. I don't hate it, I don't love it, but I think there's better ways that I could utilize this, the skills, these gifts that I have. 
Like, how do you, you know, again, it's, it's one thing as a kid for someone to like pat you on the back and be like, you're doing a great job. It's nothing to figure out. Like, how do I actually like make a living from this and like eat and live indoors and the things that really matter. So how do you begin to make that transition of going from ad agency of going, I recognize that I don't want to be here. I know that I can use my skills in other ways to actually making the leap to doing your own thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I could talk about the ad agency for. I mean, like when, and then you can. But yeah. like you know, with the ad agency, it was like, okay, I knew, you know, it, you, you get in that point where you're like, okay, I, you know, I really want to make money. I really know that this is a, you know, I'm getting an offer for a good job. I was fortunate though that I was able to negotiate where I had a four day week where I was able to still do the artwork and because they knew how important that was for me and so I was able to have a four day week and then you know spend my Fridays working on the artwork and the etch a sketch and really kind of still being able to grow that is the etch a sketch stuff got more I, I got more work from it and started to grow that part of the and turn it into a business I guess you know I but I, I still continued with the ad agency and it was really like working two jobs. And then, you know, with being on some of the shows that I was on, it really opened my artwork up to different, I mean, literally different countries and different worlds. And, you know, where you're like, oh, you know what an Etch-A-Sketch is there? And like, so that was kind of cool to see that grow. And then, but I was still, you know, I still kept with the the advertising. It was like, eh. I was afraid to make that jump into full-time, you know, doing the artwork full-time because I just did it insecurity of not knowing and I have a you know I have a family and a wife and a house and you gotta you know make the bills but we were starting to do a lot with the t-shirts and stuff like that too and so it was almost like it well I was was I had just graduated from college and you know we knew obviously we were doing stuff with art I was doing a lot of work for like just some of the Browns players I do paintings for and that was really kind of getting me excited for that type of thing and then we had some t-shirts kind of take off and we did something with in 2007 with the NBA finals, we did a campaign and George did an Etch-A-Sketch around it. And we did a t-shirt and a whole campaign for it. And that kind of really took off. So, you know, I can remember, you know, I can still remember, you know, I was living at home still. I had just graduated and, you know, kind of starting the company and starting the GV art and design and the apparel and that type of thing. And really having no idea where it was going to go, but just knowing, kind of believing in us and all of our talent and, and that type of thing. But I can still remember my mom, you know, over and over, you got to get a job. You got to get a part-time job. Got, and I'm sitting here going like, no, I think this is going to take off. Like this is, you know, so I had the ability to kind of start the business and grow it and put all the money kind of back into the business with the t-shirts and the apparel, you know, knowing that I, we were, you know, I, I didn't have to pay rent and that type of thing. So that, right. that helped out early on, you know, all the money was going back in. So I wasn't really taking a paycheck or, or getting paid, but kind of, making those sacrifices in the beginning, believing in what we were going to do and and that type of thing. So I think from that standpoint too, when George made that leap, we knew we had a little following growing and the shirts were starting to take off and, and that type of thing. So it wasn't just, you know, blindly taking the leap. It was, we knew we had kind of that support, you know, and we had a plan and and a plan. Yeah. It's like, you know, just going forward and what, kind of what our goals were and what we wanted to do and how we could grow it and stuff like that. So how do you know though, when the right time is, I mean, even if you have the plan and even if you've got a little bit saved and even if you're starting to build a bit of attraction, like it's still, it's difficult to know like when that right time is to make that leap. And, and you're going like, even like you said, like I, you know, I've got responsibilities, I've got a wife, I've got, you know, I've got bills to pay. And so I've got all of these things. Plus I've got my mom saying like, I need a part-time job. So like, how do you know when the right time is to, even as you're building something to jump from one thing to the next? Next. I mean, I think for me, it, it was hard. I don't think you really know. I mean, I think in your heart, you know, and you think like, okay, I should be doing this. 
But like even, you know, it got to the point where my wife was like, dude, just quit your job already and do it full time. And I mean, we did a lot of well, looking back at it. I think know. too, he even waited too long. But again, until we kind of had that thing going and I kind of built that up with, you know, I didn't have the wife and the family and that, this you know, to support. So it was, it was easy for me to take that chance and do it. And then kind of it was, it made it easier on him knowing like, okay, this is kind of working out. We have something going and him, you know, really growing the company together from him doing it basically one day a week, you know, was, you know, it, it helped kind of ease the transition knowing like, all right, if, if we actually, if I'm putting if we go full goal, full this. goal at this, you know, we're, we both are, you know, I, I think, you know, we saw the potential of what it really could be. I think you're always unsure. I mean, you know, I wish I did it sooner, but I think there's always, you know, you're always unsure. And I think we, you know, again, it's God's timing. So it was like, it, it worked out the way it did. And, you know, I, I think for us, it was, you can always go, oh, you know, man, if I only did this or did that, you know, but it's, you can't go back. And it, I mean, it, it worked out the way it did. So you can't, I mean, I, I think, you know, even the mistakes that we make, those mistakes are important to learn from. Every time we've made a mistake, I think we Well, and there's been instances where George has done a video and, you know, we've had people promise this and it's going to be huge and it's going to, you know, and then that person just can't deliver. And you're like, oh man, you know, I spent this much time. But then from that video, someone from Disney happens to be a, you know, a fan of the video that we did. He sees it and George ends up, you know, doing bunch of work for a Disney, bunch of work so for Disney. Like, yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, there's times when you think, you know, this didn't work out or, oh, you know, and then something greater leads from that. So, we, you know, we've always kind of. Yeah, it's always like, it's crazy. Hindsight's 2020. And it's always like, I don't know, things just kind of fell into place, you know, and I, I've had somewhat of a, I guess, a similar experience of, I remember leaving my own job to, you know, start my full-time business. And, you know, you're just like, it seems easy now, but at the time, it's just traumatizing of going like, right. this could work or this could be a gigantic flop. And I, I just don't know. But I, I think I think one of the important points to make is like, you just don't know unless you tried. And so I, I like, you know, I like one of the things that you guys kind of alluded to there. That it's, it's not like, you know, you're doing this ad agency thing or you're doing kind of your own thing on the side. And it's just like, all right, I'm going to just quit my job on Friday and on Monday. We're just going to try to figure it out. Let's both just quit everything and, you know, just see what happens here. It's like, no, no, like we really thought this through and we, we had a plan and we we had some business that was going. And so it was more than just kind of this throw caution to the wind, but like, let's really think this through. And then when it's time, it's time and be able to, to jump in and, and pull the trigger. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, people look at the stuff that we do now, like, oh man, I wish I was doing that. Or, oh man, it, it, they make it look easy. And they, you know, people think like, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff that we do with the t-shirts and the apparel, like, oh yeah, we can do that. We can do that. And they don't realize, I mean, we've made a lot of sacrifices. We've put a lot in time into it. And, you know, I remember even just with the artwork, you know, the stuff, you know, we did these shows that, you know, just to get the work out there, we helped, you know, we sat there at the table for, you know, eight hours and trying to, you know, get people to see it and stuff like that. I mean, those type of things people don't realize and to see the time that was put into it and the, you know, the sacrifices that are made. I mean, it's, it's not... It's never easy, you well, know. So let, let me jump in. I want to hear another story along those lines. Of outside looking in, you draw etch a sketch. You draw art for celebrities and for athletes. You are on Oprah. What's not to like? Give me a non-sexy, non-glamorous story. Where you're like, this is the part that nobody sees. This is the part that sucks. But this is what's required in order to get to the level that we're at today. I mean, I've been doing it since I was 10 years old. So you look at the end work now and you, no one sees, they see the end result now, but they don't see literally the thousands and thousands and thousands of hours put into making, 
you know, making it what it looks like now as far as, you know. Well, I mean, I can remember George was working on baseball cards for Tops, and he was a senior in high school, and I was five years younger. So, you know, I was in seventh, eighth grade. And I remember, you know, he had finals coming up. He had a paper due. He had 10 baseball cards to get done for Tops. He was playing baseball for the high school team at the time. And, you know, his friends were going to Cedar Point. He couldn't go. He did that. But I can remember a, a kind of funny story is my mom kind of picking up the slack and my mom and I writing his paper for his English class. <laughs> the truth and comes out. The, the seventh grader writing the, the English paper, you know, and, you know, getting it back and him getting it back. And, and my mom and I going, what'd you get? What'd you get? And high five and stuff like that, tr- trying to find out what we did. So. I mean, people didn't see the amount of like sacrifices that he put in. I mean, that yeah, I mean, that working to four o'clock in the morning. I mean, even with like the stuff I did for Disney, I remember leaving to go to California and I was still working at the ad agency at the time and just being able to like, I, I knew I had to finish up this piece of artwork. I remember literally like falling asleep at the table doing the, the artwork and I'm like, oh my gosh, what, you know, where did I put this line? What happened? Did I miss, you know, make a mistake? And I'm like looking all around to see like, cause I knew I dozed off and my head nodded and I, you know, of course woke up then, but it was like, okay, what, what did he I He was did, nine, you know? nine beers in though. He blacked out. So he's not telling us that part, but yeah. He's going to edit it out. What was, as you guys are are building the business and you're getting going, you both bring unique but incredible skill sets to the table. What was like one big like turning point that where you felt like, okay, I think we're going to be okay. I think, I think we're going to make it. Well, I think as far as right now, I mean, it's funny. We do a lot with the art. We do that type of thing. The t-shirts is really big for us, you know, and I know there's a lot of people kind of now doing t-shirts, but when we started, we started up with Cleveland that I love so and in Cleveland, yeah. in, in Cleveland here. And there was really nothing positive Cleveland. So I can remember, you know, doing the first shirt or two. And then I remember we did a shirt, you know, when LeBron left, we did a Lion King shirt and it just, I mean, it took <laughs> off everywhere. So I can, you know, there's, there's been about five or six of our shirts that have really caught on nationally that have been on um, the front pages of Yahoo and ESPN and, you know, just picked up everywhere and shown on TNT and had the guys talk. So, you know, there's been stuff throughout that has really taken off. And, you know, we say on our thing, you know, our shirts have been generating attention from the beginning, you know, and I know, you know, most people that do t-shirts, they, you know, they throw something on a shirt and they call it a shirt, you know, they throw type on it or whatever. But for us being the artists that we are and the designers that we are, we've always used the shirts as basically another canvas for, you know, our artworks, which is kind of cool. And, you know, the neat thing is it's, it's free advertising because people want to wear it and promote it, you know, cause they, they like the shirt. Right, so, right. you know, I think from that standpoint, from our GV brand, you know, there's been a lot of national things just kind of take off and it's, it's been that, you know, reinforcement and excitement of like, oh man, this could be huge. And we really see where this could go and that type of thing. Well, one of the things I like is you guys have this, again, this unique skill set, and there's a lot of different ways you could apply it. You know, you could do, you could just do commission work for people. And I assume there's plenty of, there's enough business where you could potentially do that and just do work for other people. Or you could just do your own and, you know, create a gallery and sell it, or you could do it on church or do it on, you know, any number of things. So I like that, that you're being able to just take some type of, here's a skill that I've got, but it could be applied in a lot of different, you know, formats and functions. Uh, so figuring out what makes the most sense for you guys. So I assume, like the t-shirts works and you've done some commission pieces, but I assume there's other things that you've tried that you're like, that didn't work. Let's not do that again. But some of it is you just try it and figure it out as you go. Well, I think for me coming from the ad world, like clients are very difficult to work with. No. (laughs) (laughs) 
so it's 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 a challenge. And I mean, I remember being at the ad agency, just being like, "Oh my gosh, all I do is make revisions." You know, you start off with one idea, and it's just it, it's it like, becomes so diluted by the know, end. It's not even your idea anymore. So I think you know the stuff that we do in Cleveland. You know, you know, we do advertising work, we do design work, but we're able to be a little pickier and choosier as far as what we want to do and what we don't want to do. And you know, I think we love the fact that we're able to do the T-shirts and we're able to do a lot of the stuff we can for just ourselves because I feel like if we were doing any like the majority of our stuff that has actually taken off you know if we had a client involved it probably would have never seen the the light of day you know and and we're like you know so it's it's we're to that point where we can do stuff for ourselves and make the choices of what we want to do well it's neat that we're at the ability to if if we were an agency or whatever and we you know, we do a lot of work with some major organizations and stuff. They'll come to us and they'll kind of give us that free reign saying, hey, we want shirts for this event. We want four designs for this race that we're putting on and that type of thing. And they kind of, they say, go at it, do your thing. Well, if we were an agency, you know, they would have then had this other person pass it by and this, you know, and it becomes so diluted. So it's it's neat that we've built up that thing, you know, where they kind of, trust us and they they know that from the t-shirt the aspect we know what we're you know experts. yeah so right, that, right. It's, it's become kind of neat and they, fun they let you do your thing and get out of the way right mm-hmm. yeah i've got a couple other questions one of the things i'm a couple things one of the thing i'm curious about is how do you get on oprah and what that what is that experience like so i want to chat about that also i'm curious on both of you guys what, what's your process whenever you're you're getting ready to do a, a piece of art whatever the thing is how do you like just kind of map it out as you go or figure it out as you go or what's kind of that process uh and then also i want to i'm curious for is what piece of advice would you give if you were going to go back and just do things differently for people that maybe listen up maybe in a similar spot with whatever their thing is so we're going to save all of that for the bonus round we're just going to float that out there and let it tease people but in the meantime where can people find out more about you where can we stalk you guys online yeah we're on you know social media with twitter and instagram it's at gv artwork and then we have a website actually we're, we're finishing up the new website so it's gvartwork.com and then there's a store link over there so most of our stuff's on a separate store section with the shirts and apparel and that type of thing awesome well we'll definitely be sure and link up to that in the uh, the show notes so george greg really appreciate the time guys and uh, enjoyed it we'll uh, we'll be coming back right now with uh, a couple more bonus rounds so we'll see you guys over there thank Great. you Sounds appreciate good. it thanks All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Greg and George Vlasic. Really good stuff from those guys. Just insanely good artists. Now that we are through the interview, again, I would encourage you to uh, go check out some of their artwork. You can go to grantbaldwin.com. You can see some of what we've got featured there in the show notes of the interview. As well, I encourage you to download the bonus material where uh, you can hear a little bit about their uh, unique front end and just crazy story about how they met up and did some art for Will Smith. So make sure you check that out in the bonus material. Hey, also, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to be doing an upcoming episode where we're going to be featuring your questions with my answers. So if you would like to be featured on the show, you'd like to have your question asked and answered on the show, then you can leave that as a recorded message over at grantbaldwin.com slash ask. Again, that's grantbaldwin.com slash ask. And just again, leave us a short message there. Let us know what your question is. No question too small, no question too big. Just let us know and we will uh, do our best to incorporate that in an upcoming episode of the show. So, 
Uh, also, if you haven't already, be sure and leave us a uh, rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. I got a lot of new ratings and reviews lately. We got one recently uh, from Mahai7, M-A-H-A-I-7, I think, hypothetically, maybe. The subject line being, don't delay, listen today. Oh, I like that. That rhymes. That's cute. Uh, don't have time to listen to all the small business internet marketing gurus. Don't worry. Grant threw them all into a big pot, boiled them down until only the most flavorful, most rewarding, and the richness was left. Listen to him. Learn from him. Enjoy the freshness of his program. <laughs> I love that. So good. We took everybody that maybe you're interested in learning from, and we put them in a pot, and we killed them, and we boiled them down until their most flavorful, most rewarding, and richness was left. I don't know if I should be uh, appreciative of that or disturbed by that, but nonetheless, good stuff there. appreciate you leaving that rating and review. You can leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you may be listening to shows. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Also, be sure to uh, subscribe to the show if you haven't already. We'd love for you to uh, not miss out on any episode. we got a lot of good ones coming up, so uh, stay tuned for those. We'll catch you next time, my friends. You are awesome. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.